Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Flagrant Take Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Johnson, and with me today is uh, somebody who, when you think of sports in Cincinnati, she is quickly becoming a person you associate with all things sports in Cincinnati. Uh, from her time as she hosts Beyond the Stripes regarding Cincinnati Bengals, her sideline reporting with FC Cincinnati. Uh, she also is an unofficial brand ambassador for Jimmy John's. Uh, if you follow her on social media, you know exactly what I'm talking about. She is also the person I credit with having the most beautiful view of the sense, uh, view of the city of Cincinnati as well. Uh, she is a sideline reporter for Spectrum Sports, and you know her from her weekly spots that she just started on Q102. My host, I'm sorry. Actually, yes, we will say my host, not my guest. I try to make this as un, you know, uninformal as possible. Uh, with me today is Lindsay Patterson. Lindsay, how you doing? I am doing very well, doing very well, and I, I again apologize because I know I am interrupting the FC Cincinnati game right now, their big game against Richmond. You know what, I've been a really big multitasker my whole entire life, so I have that on the TV, and um, you know, hopefully if they score a goal, I don't just start saying goal really loud on the podcast, so I apologize for that, but no, I, I'm ready to do this. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Any and all, any and all interruptions regarding a goal for the good guys will take. <laughs> now, I, right out the gate, I have to ask: Are you now officially the most famous person out of Sabina, Ohio? I don't think I'm. I don't think I am. Um, I mean, I don't know. My guys, uh, Dan Masarski, who used to be in Cincinnati with the Bengals beat writer, and, and Paul Daner, they like to give me a hard time. Um, a lot of people don't know where Sabina is. I know it, it looks like it's pronounced Sabina. People say that all the time. Got you. So, all right, now Sabina, Ohio, which thank you for correcting me. Sabina, Ohio, what, what's the best way in which you could describe your town in which you're from? Oh, my goodness. Um, I will go ahead and say it's a really small town. There's about two stoplights, maybe three at times. There's a grocery store. Um, one thing I like to tell people when I was in high school, uh, my high school was in the middle of a cornfield, and we had drive your tractor to school day. So it was a pretty small town. I think I graduated with 86 kids. Um, it's it, the good thing about Sabina. It's so friendly, and, of course, my parents are still there. So when I do go back, it's a small-town friendly environment, and I always enjoy it. But it's definitely small town to a T. Got you. Now, in regards to, you know, early memories in Sabina, you know, being from Cincinnati, Ohio, I mean, that is a quintessential. Quick little story. Corey Dillon broke the arch rushing record. Um, the Bengals, they weren't really that great that year. And my brothers didn't want to go with my dad because they're like, I don't want to waste a Sunday there to watch him lose. And I said, I want to go. Let me go. So I ended up going with my dad, and I had the best time ever. And, again, it was a record-breaking day because Corey Dillon broke the arch rushing record. So I thought, I, I want every day to be like this. Um, so Cincinnati was always a place I was familiar with. It's the reason I love sports today. I always credit this town. Um, sometimes it feels like things get full circle when getting to work in Cincinnati and work in Cincinnati sports to know that's kind of where the dream started. So I think it's pretty cool, and it's always kind of been one of my favorite cities. Absolutely. And that was 296 or 98, and it was against the Denver Broncos. 296 or 98 yards, I'm trying to remember. But I remember being in Tri-County Mall, at one of those little kiosks where they had the TV standing there with a crowd of people saying, 
we actually have something to celebrate today regarding the Cincinnati Bengals on that day. So uh, absolutely, that, that, that sticks out as a, a early paramount you know, moment in sports history for myself as well. And you know, moving forward, you, know, you ended up going to Wilmington College, correct? Yeah, I went to Eastern Kentucky my first year of college and then ended up transferring to Wilmington College. And there are times when I'm like, man, I, I, I got homesick so I went back home and maybe I wish I would have stayed where I was at. But at the same time, uh, my senior year at Wilmington College, there was an internship in Cincinnati. It was at Clear Channel Radio, now it's iHeartRadio. And I took that internship, and that's kind of what led to producing for ESPN 3700 WLW, and it was kind of the start of everything. So things work out uh, when you least expect it, and, and maybe even the small town of going to college in Wilmington College and driving uh, three to four times a week to go to my internship in Cincinnati. So that's kind of how it all started. And were you studying? And was my number one major the whole time. Absolutely, and which has always been my dream as well. I mean, I, I grew up seeing, you know, your Hannah Storm, Summer Sanders on NBA Inside Stuff every Saturday morning, uh, amongst the many other personalities that you saw in sports. But which ones did you gravitate towards early on? You know, of course, I would always say Erin Andrews was the girl. Uh, when I would tell people when I was from that early small town, we'd have career day, and they're like, so you want to be Erin Andrews? Um, I think it was easy to connect to because she was a sports reporter and definitely breaking into the game. But honestly, um, the first two that I would see when I was a kid um, on, on CBS and NFL football games when I was watching games with my dad was Bonnie Bernstein and Sam Ryan. Um, Sam Ryan is still doing a lot of things with Major League Baseball. I had the chance to tell both of them. They were the reason that I you know, really wanted to do sideline reporting. So I would definitely say when I was a kid watching them on NFL Sundays on the sideline, that's kind of what got it all started. I, I would get into the room and my dad would be like, the game is starting. And I would be like, oh, no, everybody has to be quiet. Sam and Sam or Bonnie's talking. I, I want to listen to them. So I'm kind of those two. And also, um, this is kind of a nerdy, geeky story, but uh, Monday Night Football was returning to Cincinnati. And it was when Michelle Foy was on Monday Night Football. Now she's on Sunday Night Football. I think she's insanely amazing when it comes to how she reports on the sidelines and broadcasts and tells the story. Um, but she was actually at the game. And I was with my dad. It was a school night, which they let me go. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty tired the next day, but I couldn't believe what just happened. So I saw her on the sidelines because their season tickets are front row um, over in the Bengals end zone. So she was coming over, and I was like, Michelle, 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 this, like, 11-year-old girl. I was like, I, I, want, I want your advice, and also, can you sign my towel? I had, like, a Bengals towel, and she signed it for me. Um, and I remember her telling me when I was, like, 11 or 12, she's like, look, Lindsay, this job is so worth it, I promise. Like, it, it really is. She's like, it's hard. She's like, it's a hard journey, and it's not easy, and it's going to take some work, but if you really want to do it, you know, just put, put in the time and effort, and, and I promise it, it'll all make sense, um, even though you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel right away. She's like, just keep keep pounding and, and going, and I just remember hearing that when I was 12 years old from her on, uh, the, she was on the Monday Night Football sidelines, and I thought it was just so cool how nice she was, and of course, giving me her autograph. I didn't want the player's autograph. I wanted her, so I thought that was really cool. And that's awesome. Now, in regards to that grind, I mean, even just doing research for this interview and seeing all the different things in which you're a part of at, you know, as of right now, you know, as you were going through school and finishing up your degree, you know, what were your early tastes of understanding just how much of a grind it is? Yeah, I mean, when I was in college and just kind of interning and working part time and all of that fun stuff, um, the grind 
grind there was always a lot of fun for me. I kind of played off of it. I, I like the grind. I, I don't like to be bored. I want to keep busy as much as possible. Um, I've always had more than one job. Um, I think going from senior year to my first year out of college, I always told myself, what can you do to add a new job? What, what can you do next year? What can you do? But sometimes you got to do things that you never thought you would do or aren't easy. Um, for example, when I was out of college, I worked at the radio station and I was working morning TV PA assistant at Channel 12 um, from 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. And I would go right from there to radio. Um, on Friday nights, I would do football, sideline football for Time Warner. I actually just stopped it this year um, just to kind of give myself a little bit of a break on Friday nights. Um, but just balancing that, I was a Xavier and Arena host because I thought, well, what else can I add? What else can I do? And also, credit to the people I've met along the way. They've helped with those connections and getting other jobs. But uh, that's kind of always been my philosophy is, is what can you do to get better? Um, and, and credit to other women in this business. Just this past year, I've had plenty of conversations with them. I'm a nerd and geek when it comes to that. But um, Josina Anderson, I remember probably about two to three years ago, I sat in my car and we talked for about two hours of her just giving me advice and being absolutely amazing. But from that to um, Julie Stewart-Banks, who worked for ESPN, Jenny Taft, um, Katie Witham, those were Major League Soccer sideline reporters. And um, kind of not to fast forward too much, but I but I wanted to get better going into this year, and I, and I always feel like I can, and I'm my biggest critic. I always feel like I'm not doing enough, or how how can I add to the broadcast? And um, just just talking to them um, and hearing their stories and their grind and what they need to do, um, that's always really helpful. So I think um, to, see, I'm just rambling. I told you. No, you're fine. Rambling, but I, absolutely does and you know you mentioned Michelle Tafoya, Josina Anderson I mean there's also you know and I say this respectfully when I say OGs but I also look at uh, Doris Burke and you know even you know going back to Hannah Storm so many other people it feels like right now we're in like a renaissance of women in journalism sports journalism in particular I mean from the Kerry Champions Jamel Hills Carissa Thompson's Aaron Andrews of course who I still looked at my wife last night with a raised eyebrow when we were watching you know, a playback of Dancing with the Stars, and she had no idea who Aaron Andrews was as she was giving props to DeMarcus Ware. And I was like, are you kidding me? How are you my wife right now? And you don't know who Aaron Andrews is. But, you know, uh, Sarah Spain, so many people that I follow personally on social media because I just love how you get a uh, not only a, a different perspective and understanding of the game, but the ease of, of them being able to allow for their personalities to translate in everything they cover. Um, you know, uh, and for me, it's such a, 
you know, uh, a diversion from what, what I saw growing up with a lot of the male studio personalities that came across a little bit more rigid, Rich Eisen and Stuart Scott notwithstanding. But, you know, that's what I love to see in sports. And, you know, as I, I saw more of your Coffee with Coach uh, series with, you know, the head coach from FC Cincinnati, I see that as well. And so what nuggets have you been able to take from, from a lot of the people that you've watched? One of the biggest nuggets, and, and I will go back to my conversation with um, Katie Witham, Jenny Taft, and Julie Stewart-Binks. Um, I spent January and February just spending time talking to them. I remember having about an hour conversation with each of them, and I just couldn't believe they were taking the time to chat with me on, on how to get better. Um, but from Katie Witham, it was one of the things of, like, Sometimes you just got to let things play out before you, you talk. Or um, Julie Stewart-Banks was in town for the Open Cup last year. And for Alan Koch, um, he is FC Cincinnati head coach, and he's somebody who will talk to me during the matches. And he pretty much will tell me things that are going on um, when he's making a switch or maybe he's chatting with someone, and I'll go talk to him. So um, they gave me the advice of kind of like maybe having a blank sheet in the second half, and I started to do that. And, you know, normally I would have some of the stories about the players, and that's always really good to add, but I felt like Tommy and Kevin, the play-by-play and color um, analyst, can take care of the stories. Let me add what's going on. Why am I down there? And that was one of their biggest questions. Why are you down there as a sideline reporter? And Julie told me, she's like, look, you have a coach who is willing to talk to you. Talk to him. So I remember um, talking to Alan about that before the season started, and he said, you are more than welcome to ask me any question. And every single match I talked to Alan when we're home, and um, I gained something new to the broadcast, something that they can't find on Twitter. So I think my whole point uh, when it comes to sideline or even beyond the stripes when we do this player stories, I want to get to know you. I don't want people to find things on Twitter and be able to do the same thing I'm doing. I want to be able to get that nugget, that story, that thing from one of the coaches or the players and bring it to you. Um, not, not as much breaking news, but, but just why am I down there? There's a reason I'm, I'm bringing something to the broadcast. So so make it different. So um, I definitely give credit to Jenny and Julie uh, for letting me do that, and Katie with them, of course, for letting me just kind of pick their brain when it comes to that stuff too. But um, I, I listen to podcasts. I think Sam Ponder... She is the one who I've had a little conversation with. Um, I've, I've never really, I've never met her, um, but I definitely admire her through social media because she does so many amazing things, which is kind of how she puts on, you know, not puts on, she, who she is um, when she's on the air. She, she's herself, and she says that you've always got to be yourself. Don't change it up when you're on there, and I, and I hope people see that. I hope people know that's just me, my personality. Um, of course, I know you have to be serious and, and, and different times, but I want to have fun. Um, I just want my personality to show. I think that's one of the reasons I'm there, but of, of course, you know, what can I bring that other people can't bring, or what can I bring that you can't find out there on social media? So I think that's really important, and I, all the girls have definitely helped me with that on how to get better. Absolutely, and to piggyback off of that, with also being, you know, an, an Ohio native, and covering, you know, Ohio sports, is there a fine line of, of being able to, you know, carry out the task of what your job entails, but also, you know, enjoying the moment, you know, from a fan's perspective, you know, how do you walk that fine line? Um, I'll separate the two right now. Uh, for the Bengals games, I would say that it's just all business. Um, yes, of course, I grew up a fan. Everyone knows that. Um, I, I, want to hopefully see a playoff win for the city one day for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I feel like the, the fans deserve it. And, and even Marvin Lewis, that's the coach who's there, um, put a lot of time in. That would be nice for everyone involved. 
do uh, when they lost to the Steelers in heartbreaking fashion. Of course, everybody remembers that from a couple years oh, ago. Uh, yeah. I remember thinking, yeah, go in the locker room, and now it's time to ask the tough questions. Uh, when they got beat in Minnesota, I was on the road. I actually traveled for that game. I had to go in the locker room afterwards, and it was when all the Marvin Lewis years were swirling around, and the team just got beat by 30 points. And the first, and, and there's no other media members in there because they're talking to Marvin, and there was only a few that traveled to that Minnesota game. So I was just going straight in there after the game, and I'm like, I know you just got beat by 30 points, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you what you think about these rumors about your head coach. <laughs> um, that's, that's definitely not the easiest thing to do. Um, do I think that people are human beings when I'm talking to them? 100%. But I also knew my boss told me, hey, I need you to go into the locker room. And I need you to ask these questions, and I need you to do it on video. So that's your job. That's why you're here. And I went in, and I did it, and I talked to all the guys, and that's just what I had to do. Was it uncomfortable at times? Uh, because you're asking them those questions. I mean, I've been in locker rooms for years. That part's not uncomfortable for me, but asking the question at that moment. Right. Uh, when I know that they just lost by 30-some points, that I'm asking, what do you think about these rumors about your coach? <laughs> um, I, I think that can be difficult at times, but I know my job. And I know that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, when it comes to sideline, I would have to say I'm a fan every time because I am taking in that experience when it comes to SB Cincinnati. Um, I can't believe this third year is wrapping up the last home regular season match just this Saturday. But do I still get goosebumps when I'm on the sideline and I'm watching those games? Am I rooting for goals like no other in my head, not cheering them on on the sidelines because I, I have a mic in my hand? Yeah. But I am definitely listening and waiting, and I just get this amazing feeling. I almost compare it to when you're on a roller coaster, um, and it's a, just an exciting feeling, and I'm so pumped to be there. So I think they're, they're too different for me, um, if that makes any sense. But I know I always have a job to do, and sometimes even after a loss, do I have to ask hard questions? Yeah. And, and luckily, I have a great coach at Alan Koch who will answer those for me at difficult times. But um, I definitely say the experiences are a little bit different because – when I'm on those broadcasts, I am. I'm just hanging on the sidelines and, and, and pumped and taking it all in as the fans are and the, and the fans at Pittsburgh. And um, when it comes to Bengals, I, I feel like it needs to be all business. And, I, and I'm always, uh, I'm ready for both. And I hope that answers. No, it does. It does. You know, it's interesting right now with FC Cincinnati because this is like the first time I feel like I'm, I'm experiencing FOMO with my hometown and not living there anymore, uh, being down in Raleigh. Because it just feels like FC Cincinnati was such a shot in the arm of positivity in the sports environment in Cincinnati. And it came at a much needed time because, I mean, I mean, honestly, with Bengals fans, you know it, I know it. It's like we're always waiting for that surefire impending doom. You know, we can't get too high and celebrate the fact that we're in first place because we're already thinking, you know, five, six, seven weeks down the road when we feel like we won't be in that position. We are waiting for the next thing to go wrong. And morale can be low with the Cincinnati Reds. But, you know, with this FC Cincinnati, you know, success, it, it almost reminds me of when the Cyclones won their first Kelly Cup. And I was still living there at the time when they won that first one. And it was just like, this is such a great feeling. You know, and they, these guys brought the Kelly Cup to Cadillac Ranch and, you know, they're enjoying that moment. And just to be able to, you know, sit back and, and just have a moment of pure joy and celebrating a sport in your city, I thought was always cool. And that's what I get when I see you and when I see friends of mine, you know, at the FC Cincinnati Games. So I think that's, you know, something that's extremely awesome. But, you know, you know, what aspirations do you have as you continue to move forward in your career? say that maybe five years ago I, I didn't know what to do um I 
knew I wanted to work in broadcast journalism. I knew, I remember telling my parents when I graduated college, this is what I'm going to do, um, and I don't have a backup plan. And they love me to no other. They are my biggest cheerleaders in the stands. But I remember my mom saying when I was a senior in college, like, you don't, I'm not even senior, my freshman year of college, she's like, you don't make you much backup plan just in case, just in case, not that I don't think you can reach those dreams. But you just want to have just a backup just in case because that's difficult. And I remember a lot of people telling me, like, look, it's not an easy route. Like, you, there's no book. Nobody has the same story. And I think that's, like, one of the hardest things about it is I try to tell people, I'll go to colleges and talk to girls, and I'm like, look, you are going to have to put in the work, and you're going to create your own path. So um, my aspirations right now, I get to work in the city that I love. Um, two incredible sports organizations working with the Cincinnati Enquirer has all been a great time for me. And I just, um, I, I love working with the organization in FC Cincinnati. I never thought in a million years, you know, this would be the route I took or, or um, doing sidelines for major or not, the professional soccer team that's in town right now and getting to work on the Bengals side too. Um, you're six of our show for Beyond the Stripes. So, it's been a crazy, crazy road, but I can honestly say right now, I'm learning to enjoy living in the moment and uh, getting to work in the city that I absolutely love. That that made me a sports fan, and sometimes I feel like it comes full circle. You know, what's interesting is I, I wanted to ask you this, you know, finding your journalistic voice and, and finding a level of comfort and, and being able to carry out what you do day to day, be it on Q102, be it on the sidelines, be it on Beyond the Stripes. You know, at what point did you find that level of ease and comfort to be comfortable in front of the camera, on the microphone? You know, for you, you know, at what point in time did that strike? At what point in time did I feel comfortable doing that? Um, I'll honestly go back a little bit to my first ESPN3 game on college football. Um, I remember, since this is back in 2014, I remember thinking, like, okay. This place is sold out. It was Louisville. They were taking on Murray State. We had production meetings, and it was like all this real deal serious stuff. And the only thing I, I had done prior to that on the sideline was high school football. So um, getting the chance to go to Louisville and be there and be in the stands during a sold-out college football game in September. And again, it was on ESPN3, so I know it was just on the Internet, but I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I remember standing there. Um, I remember the night before, I felt like it was Christmas morning, but I remember standing there on the sidelines with my camera guy, and I said to myself, where are the butterflies? Like, where mm. are they? They're going to make me nervous, like, they're going to make me mess this first line up, and I said in my head to myself, remember your first line, just remember your first line, and I, I didn't have the nervous butterflies, but it was a good feeling. It was, I'm excited to be doing this, and someone once told me, if you don't have that feeling of that, that excited feeling that almost in your stomach like you're riding a roller coaster, then, then maybe it's time to hang it up. And I remember just feeling like, I got this. I can do this. And getting that first line out of my mouth, I'm like, all right, that was cool. And, and I remember looking at my phone at the end of the game after interviewing the coach, and it was my mom, and she goes, I'm so proud of you. I feel like I could cry right now. Yeah. And that was all I, you know, all I needed to hear was, like, my parents are watching back home. You know, a lot of messages from my friends, but I just wanted to deliver. Um, and that's one of the biggest things. I mean, even going to the FC matches, FC Cincinnati matches, I just want to be the best I can possibly be. I'm my biggest critic. Um, but I definitely felt like after that game, 
break down little things like, oh, I could do this differently or this differently. But that's when it really felt like, all right, I'm ready to do this. You know, now I've got to create chances and opportunities. So I think that was my first time about three to four years ago. Gotcha. And see, and I can relate in regards to the fact that you said, you know, you're your own toughest critic. You know, for myself, it's still tough to listen to playbacks. Like even now, you know, I'm still kicking myself because I feel I completely botched the intro, you know, with you today on this show. And, you know, but I still do feel those butterflies, you know, before calling and, you know, with any call because you do want to channel it into the, you know, best piece of work to date. I, I try to top myself with every single, you know, episode I do on this show. And I can only imagine that you do the same with, you know, each match and each sideline report and whatnot. But, you know, for you and, and enjoying it, you know, for yourself, I mean, have you had a day you didn't enjoy going to work yet? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Um, you know, I, I think the days that I, that I don't enjoy it, um, and, and this is more, um, I would say, when, it, when, it, when it's harder on someone else, um, when something, you know, drastic or, or crazy happens. I mean, I'll go back to and sad um when I was a senior in college or even a junior in college I remember when Chris Henry um and I was still interning at the time so I wasn't um in the locker rooms or anything like that so I didn't have to ask the question but I remember you know covering that on the radio um as the intern producer and telling the host like this just happened I just saw this on Twitter and I think those days are those days are always difficult and hard um but I think when it when it has to do with the other player, um, and it could be after a loss or anything like that, and you feel for them, um, but I know I'm in there to do my job. So I really have um, days on the job that are bad, if that makes sense. Um, it, I could just be having a bad day in general, stuck in traffic. Right. Uh, things aren't going right. My laptop's not working. Uh, you know, something something along those lines, some, something that's pretty minor. But um, I'd say on the job, I, I haven't had too many bad days yet. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, you know, um, I recently came across something speaking towards, you know, the anniversary of Remember the Titans. So I got to get into sports movies because I'm a, I'm a movie buff. And, you know, I had to ask you, you know, your top three favorite sports movies of all time, what are they? That is such a tough question. I'm definitely going to say Remember the Titans, number one, because I was that little girl. I was the water girl at my dad's <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. I was talking football with the boys. Um, that was me to a T. Like, my mom would come pick me up. Like, everything would be, you know, she'd have dinner ready. And I'd be like, no, I'm going to hang here for a little longer. Uh, that was my thing. Uh, I just was around it growing up from, from leaving um, elementary school class, going straight to practice. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So she was my girl. Uh, and that movie is one of my favorites. Definitely my number one. Okay. And my number two would be Friday Night Lights. I love the small town, big town, almost in the Texas area. Right. Um, of just the feel that people get, that everybody's going to the game that night. And I, I felt like that was really portrayed in that movie, and I thought everybody did a great job. My third one, um, I'm struggling right now because you're putting me on the spot with my third I one. Did. I did. <laughs>
I don't know if they would say or, or they've watched, but radio. I liked that. Wow. Do you remember that? I do remember radio. Cuba Gooding Jr., right? Yes, he did a great job in that movie, wow. and that just pulled at the heartstrings. Like, that one was one that, I, that I've definitely watched on repeat a couple times. So I think that would be my underrated number three pick. Gotcha. See, I have uh, Remember the Titans number one. Uh, I have, see, and this is the thing, because it seems like it's split. It's like you either have Friday Night Lights fans, or for myself, I'm a Varsity Blues guy. So I'm, I'm Lance Harmer, Jonathan Moxon, <laughs> oh Billy God, Bob. That was definitely a throwback. I remember that one. That yeah. was definitely one of my favorites, too. You know, so that's like, that's, you one know. That's that's my era, whipped cream bikini and all, everything, right? I was like in seventh oh, grade, I goodness. think, when that came out. Um, <laughs> and then third, I'm going to go Any Given Sunday by Oliver Stone. And I just love the all-star cast, and I felt it was such an honest depiction of what I thought life in the NFL would be. You know, you have Dennis Quaid and Jamie Foxx and Cameron Diaz, L.O. Cool all these individuals, and it speaks to the inner turmoil and politics that can go on behind the scenes, and... I just remember thinking that, you know what, I feel like this is truer and, and closer to the NFL than and than what we actually see. And so for me, I just thought it was extremely compelling. And still to this day, when I come across it on TV, no matter what point in the movie it's on, I stop and I watch. I have to. Yeah, no, that was definitely a good one, too. Any given Sunday, you're right. The cast was, was definitely, no, that was a 10. That was good. Uh, I totally forgot about that one, too. And, I, you know, I'm going to get off this phone and think that another one was my favorite so oh. <laughs> uh, there's, there's so many to choose from right now no completely understandable well no this is awesome and and you know before we let you go and i i'm so grateful for the time in which you were able to lend me this evening and and for everybody listening just know this is going to be coming out on monday but this has taken place before the end of the fc cincinnati richmond game as well as before the cincinnati atlanta game so i'm sorry guys no updates in sports right now when you're hearing this because they haven't taken place at this point in time but you know as you watch the Bengals this season and you know obviously fan comments and what have you because you post a lot regarding the teams you know how do you maintain a, a, a positive mindset and resist the urge to go back and forth with a lot of the negative comments that happen to creep up on a lot of your posts sometimes i have to just log out um do i see some of the frustrations from fans and i report back or, or say something back to some of the comments yeah i do it and let it get to me because i don't agree with it like the other day when uh someone had put on a facebook or twitter thing that you know andy don't have a bad game and i'm like no no no, no. i'm defending him right now he's had himself a season yeah. and i just don't agree with you so there are times when i disagree and i feel like it's okay to disagree with people i feel like you can disagree but i know when people are kind of getting a little, a little too much on social media or twitter i, I just gotta i just gotta ignore it and i I can't react to it. So I definitely think the old saying goes, don't read the comments. And uh, I find myself not doing that sometimes, you know, especially after a game. Gotcha. And, and you know what? I completely agree. We won't go in depth, but I, I mean, one was a Hail Mary pass at the end of the game. What are you going to do? But two of those interceptions I don't necessarily put on Andy Dalton, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, you yeah. know, <laughs> moving forward. Now, I, I said this. Now, when I was doing my research, my homework, because, you know, I would imagine you would as well, the most that I found my time looking back on 
was when was the last time she posted about Jimmy John's? Because it had been forever. And I was like, I know I want to try to implement this in my intro for her. And I was like, did did she stop liking it? And I know that comes across as like really obsessive, but I try to find nuggets about people's personality. So I have to ask you, Jersey Mike, Subway, but for you, Jimmy John's. What is the fascination with Jimmy John's? Hit me. I think I like the bread. I love, love, love the bread. And when I eat it, I know I'm full. Um, I don't even know when I started liking it. Probably about five or six years ago. And the funny thing about that, one day I was tweeting that I love Jimmy John's so much or Jimmy John's was going to be delivered and I was so pumped about it. I, I think people were so annoyed by it that I stopped tweeting about it on at least Twitter. I'll put it on my Insta stories or Facebook or whatever. But Jimmy John sent me a, a, a DM one day and they're like, what's your address? And I'm like, okay, um, I'm getting some coupons from Jimmy John's. I'm all about this. <coughs> and I gave them my address. And one day a huge box from Jimmy John showed up and it was full of swag. It was sweatshirts and t-shirts and long sleeve shirts and tanks. And it was all about Jimmy John's. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever uh, that they sent me those. And I still wear them to this day. A lot of my friends are like, are you wearing a Jimmy John's t-shirt right now? Well, absolutely. And after they hear this and know that you, you know, you love working multiple jobs, they may buy you a bike and say, hey, would you mind like doing a couple of deliveries for us when you have some time? So who knows? It could be, it could be, it could be a longer lasting, more in-depth relationship with Jimmy John. So, you know, who knows? Stay tuned. Um, but, I'm all about it. you know, but Lens, thank you so much, you know, for your time and coming on. I mean, it's funny, you know, watching you and, and seeing, you know, your continued progression in your career is something that I have long admired and respected. For me, this show, this platform that I have, it's about talking to people I admire and respect who work in fields that fascinate and intrigue me. And, and, and what you do absolutely quantifies as that. And for somebody who's about to have his first daughter here in seven weeks, um, you know, it's great because... When my daughter's watching sports with me, which she absolutely will, that's not negotiable, um, you know, I can point to personalities like yourself. The same way I grew up watching and admiring other personalities and journalists, she'll have that in you. So thank you for everything in which you do. And uh, hopefully this is the first of, of many conversations. But is there anything, you know, I can get you to plug before we get out of here? Oh, my goodness. What you just said was so kind. I'm a rambler, so I apologize for just going on and on and on. I know that's kind of how podcasts are, so I hope I didn't bore anybody out. But, you know, I really just appreciate your time, but That was really nice of you to let me uh, jump on your podcast. And the only thing I can really plug, um, you know, we'll, we'll have our FC Cincinnati playoff matches, and this will air on Monday. Uh, hopefully we're talking about a championship in the USL right now. And uh, we're talking about the playoff game. We'll have a home playoff game October 20th. All the broadcast stuff will be on my Twitter. And then we do Beyond the Stripes every week. We'll actually have Preston Brown on Tuesday, a hometown guy in Cincinnati, a linebacker that's definitely stepped up this season. So we get to know the guys over there on Cincinnati.com and then join Tommy and Kevin and I over on uh, our broadcast for the playoffs for FC Cincinnati. It'll be a good time at Nippert. Awesome. And how can they? How can the people find you on social media? On Twitter, um, I tweet a lot. Heads up, uh, <laughs> at LNDS Patterson on Twitter, and then um, I have Instagram. It's open, everybody. Uh, I don't post a whole lot. I do more on the Insta story, and it's Lindsay Patterson, Lindsay with an A. So, if you want to follow along there, more than welcome to. And uh, just a reminder that when you follow me on Twitter, you're just going to see tons and tons of tweets, and it's a little picture of. Uh, NFL and, and of course, SC Cincinnati, but it's a lot of 
fun. And uh, I have a new podcast coming out soon with uh, with Paul Doherty on Cincinnati.com. So if you want to check that out too, you're more than welcome. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to check that out. I think you'll be great at that. So, um, Lindsay, again, thank you so much for your time. Everybody, again, thank you uh, for your time, for listening. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, comment. We are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. And again, be good to one another. Take care. Peace.